Welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. Thanks for joining us again. My pleasure. Oh, my name is Caleb and I'm joined here with Josh. I'm glad it's your pleasure. And with Mark. I'm just humbled to be here. I <laughs> uh, like, I love the start already. It's very good. We're currently um, working our way through 1 Thessalonians in a series called Living a Godly Life. Um, the conversations have been great so far and looking forward to more. But before we jump into it... I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on what is your favourite date with your wife and why. <laughs> I'd have to give two answers because if I gave one, I, would, I might be strung out to dry. <laughs> Anna and I have a lovely a restaurant around the corner from my house where, where she loves uh, laksa. So we often sneakily just go there and get get two laksas or something like that. So that's that's really, really nice. She doesn't eat a lot of food, so sometimes restaurants are hard for us. But uh, we, we know where the good stuff is. There. So love doing that. The other one, I had a great date this week, yesterday morning. <laughs> this is why I didn't start with this one. We went, we went to a boxing class, Anna and I. <laughs> boxing skills and we got to box each other <laughs> it was so fun <laughs> so it was like you learn a skill and then yeah. and then you do like sparring for a round and and it was just we we're laughing so much and Anna was throwing punches and I was defending and then she would I would push her instead of trying to punch her in the face I'd push her and she said you can't push that's not boxing and we just laughed so much <laughs> it was really great I was surprised at what a great I did want uh, to ask you about... It's exercise, but uh, I'm calling it a date, right? Yeah. Going to the gym. <laughs> it's, it's a good way of working out, uh, working out conflict <laughs> yeah. as well. I'm just trying to work out uh, what you're promoting, that anyone <laughs> yes. who's listening yeah. to this podcast... You <laughs> Take your wife to the boxing ring right? <laughs> if you want a great date. <laughs> right. What um, about you, Mark? I don't know that it's my favorite. Any time with NASA is equally, I enjoy equally, but it is my most memorable. We were married for 17 months. Strug- we're struggling to get pregnant. We had basically tried for 16 months to get pregnant. hadn't been able to. And then um, someone came to us and, and said, could they, they pray for us? They you know, prayed for us to, that God would just help us if there's something wrong. or that God would. Um, and then they gave us some money and they said, hey, I'd love to just pay for you guys to go out on a date. And so we went to um, what's called the Summit House. It was it was the Summit House was known for its steaks. The Summit House in Brea, California. I don't know if it's around any longer. That was like 16 years ago. And you know, God, that night Ezekiel was conceived, and um, which is probably a little bit more than the the <laughs> listeners want to hear. Yeah. But that one's unforgettable. Yeah, um, I can see why. Very I would cool. just like to raise a concern that Mark's <laughs> favorite date was 16 years ago. <laughs> 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 That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> right, well, let's jump into today's text. Today's reading comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, the English Standard Version. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 
For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. What are you guys noticing within this text? I think maybe uh, a couple of things. I like how it starts. um, But I don't want you to be uninformed, brothers. I'm just wondering uh, how often... Am I uninformed? <laughs> uh, so Paul kind of addressing them. You, you're, you're ignorant, you're uninformed. I think the constant assumption uh, in the Western environment anyway, or probably all over the world, that we always think we know a lot and know everything. So I love that Paul's sort of going, you guys are uninformed. <laughs> and I guess that's on a, on a humorous level, but also on a serious level, like the assumption that I may, not, I may be uninformed is like that's kind of what, I, what I'm noticing there. Also, the, the great hope in, and difference in uh, the way he calls them to grieve. He says, you know, don't grieve as others grieve, but because they have no hope. I think that's a huge statement and a huge um, thing he's pointing out is that we have great hope in death. Not that it's, there's no sadness, but he's expecting real joy in some way. And, and that's, that's a very big, big part of that text for me because um, it's so countercultural. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I think a little bit of a side note to take away from the text and then we can come back into it is uh, Paul over here, is he's, he's showing something about the gospel which um, is, is helpful. He says uh, Jesus died and rose again. He's, you know, as he's unpacking it, he's, he's showing two phases. And then he, the next part he goes, um, you know, the dead are going to be right. Uh, for the Lord himself will descend from the heavens. Sorry, before that he goes, um, who are left until the coming of the Lord. So there's the return. So he, he's going, Jesus died, rose again, and he's going to return. Mm. Sometimes when we think about the gospel, we think about the cross and the implications of the cross, and you know, there's a lot of assurance at the cross, and that's really great. Paul's talking about the gospel, and he, when he wants to talk about hope, he makes sure that it's all the package is Jesus died, rose, and returns. Yeah. And that's why we have hope. Not We don't have hope because he died. We have hope because he died, rose, and is going to return. And... Um, I think that's what he's basing their hope on, um, which is significant. And and just um, it stands out to me, I think, for a lot of my Christian life. um, I'm not even sure how much I thought about the cross, but as I understood the cross more and it gave me assurance, I think I realized, I'm not sure how much I I think about the return of Jesus, that he truly and really is coming back. And if it's not while I'm alive, he is going to raise me to life. And, you know, while I might know that with my head, it changes my life when I know that with my heart. Um, anyway, so I like how Paul puts the, all three pieces of, of uh, together right there. It's a great uh, summary of the gospel, and I think probably at King's Cross we have a great sense of the the death and uh, you know Jesus died for my sins. Yeah. I need the gospel, and in, in that sense, I, I need rescue, and Jesus' rescue is sufficient. Mm-hmm. So that that's all wonderful and beautiful. But I, I think I agree with you, Mark. The place of resurrection and return mm. is Paul never he never treats them separately and it may be a King's Cross that we've been a bit slower on this in some ways and mm. how do we think more holistically about, about this part of the gospel mm. interestingly Paul's addressing this to 
the Thessalonians who are really new believers. They've mm. only, you know, three months maybe, a few months by them, or three weeks he was there. They've been a few months by themselves. So he's not waiting like, hey, I'll wait till they grow up a bit and then I'll talk to them about mm. resurrection and return. This is a topic that ought to be, it's just part of the gospel. Mm. Day one, um, resurrection and return is part of the gospel. Yeah, very good. Not, not for the mature, as it were. You know? Yeah. I love those insights into this passage. Another question that I'd like really be curious to find out is how each of you guys are being encouraged by this text. Um, I'm happy to go first. I, I think in a genuine sense, I think my faith has been shaped by the sufficiency of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot of freedom and assurance that I do walk in um, through what the Holy Spirit has done upon my heart. And I even think of you know how Michael Eaton preaching Galatians turned my life upside down, that we are justified by faith alone, that we never depart the gospel, that as we walk in the Spirit, he, um, we fulfill the law accidentally. Just this freedom to rely on Jesus and to know that he holds us. and you know, So that was great. But I think the last, probably the last couple of years, I've been asking God to help me understand the return of Jesus and the reality of, of our eternity with Christ because that is the good news. The good news isn't just what he's done about our sin. The good news is what he's going to do about our eternal future and the full redemption. Redemption is the good news, not just the annihilation of the punishment of our, our sin and, and our death. And I think that's become, I think this becomes very precious to me. You know, Paul says we do not grieve like the Gentiles do who have no hope. He doesn't say we don't grieve. Like we go through, we go through tough times and we have losses. Mm-hmm. And when, when someone dies, you know, we miss them. We, it's a loss. We, we grieve, but we just don't grieve without hope. We grieve with like a momentary loss. There's a finality, you know, I'm disappointed uh, if I have a coffee appointment with Josh and he texts five minutes before, which he would never do, to say he's not showing up, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not going to grieve, but I'd be disappointed. I'm not going to yeah. see him. But that, you know, there's like a hope. I'm still going to see him. I'm going to see him later. I'm going to see him next week. It's not, you know, I'm just disappointed. I'm not going to see him now. You know, and so Paul's like, yeah, we, we, we grieve, but, but we know we're going to see each other forever and ever the lord's going to return he's going to raise people they're going to precede us we're going to meet jesus in the air as we as he comes you know all of that and so i think it just gives me it it puts hope um deeply into my lived experience of life how about you josh yeah i think very similarly the great encouragement i have that stands out to me in this text is when he says he uses the phrase falling asleep it's like you um, I don't want you to be ignorant about those who fell asleep. And it's like, wow, that that's just flipping the whole perspective of life around. It's like these guys aren't dead; they've just taken a nap. Like, uh, <laughs> wow! Imagine, imagine um, yeah. actually living day to day like that. Like, wow! Well, uh, yeah. Any, I mean, the level of of like you said, Mark, pain and struggle of, of someone dying is huge. But yeah. Paul kind of frames it in a whole new way. It's like. They take a nap. We'll be awake again. You know, you think of it in in context when when you have a nap and you wake up a Sunday afternoon nap. It's like, oh, I just feel feel better than when I went to bed. <laughs> this feels great. So I think for me, that's huge. That's the way it challenges and encourages me. And and Paul he lands that text with those exact words. You know, um, therefore encourage one another with these words. Mm. So his way of framing it is that eschatology, the return of Jesus, ought to encourage you. Yeah. 
if it's not encouraging you, you're doing it wrong. So if it's causing you to have arguments with everyone about how Jesus will ascend and descend and what's going, if that's the outcome, you're not doing it in a Pauline way. You're doing it in your own way. And so his the whole framework of this return yeah. of Christ must be encouraging. Mm. And so I love what you're saying, Mark. It, it encourages your life. You, it, wor- it works itself out on your day-to-day mm. basis. And if it's not doing that, we need to grapple with it fresh and, and put it back in its right place, I think. You know. Yeah. I, lo- I love that picture that you yeah, – I love that you've unpacked Paul's language of falling asleep, taking a nap, you <laughs> said. It made, me, it made me feel a childhood memory where, um, you know, he's shifting the focus from they are dead and gone and lost forever yeah. to they're taking a nap. And I remember as a child – my dad was like my best friend because he lived in the house. Ha- he, he was the only other male in the <laughs> he house. Lived, he lived in your sports. house, did he? <laughs> he, lived, he lived in my in house. In your house. <laughs> yeah. That's so generous of you. <laughs> yeah. I let him. And um, I remember when he would like take a nap, the yeah. deep and what I thought was a deep and <laughs> profound sadness of like yeah. the funnest person in yeah. this house is going to uh, sleep yeah. <laughs> and I don't have access to them for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's way different to your dad as yeah. um, with sensitivity to those who've got had a suffered a, a lot. Yes. Your dad is is dead and you won't experience him again in this life. Mm. Um, and so I, I love what you're saying because there's a real sense, even for those who have um, suffered loss, yeah. to shift that that sense of you, you can still have that deep and profound disappointment um, of someone who's taking a nap and I miss the heck out of them yeah. and I wish I could see them. But what great news that they are going to rise again, and as you said, even better, yeah. more rested, more alive <laughs> yeah. than when they went to go take that nap. <laughs> so just in closing, what's an encouragement that we can take into our week? So I think uh, just to encourage people to focus on the important thing that we're, death is, a, is, as we said, asleep, and mm. Jesus is coming back, and we will be with him. I think that, that the other... F- my other favorite part in this scripture is mm. he will be we will be with him always i think so we will be mm. so we will always be with the lord yeah. so however you work out your eschatology um paul says for me to die is to be with christ he he comes down we meet him in the end he comes down to rule the earth whatever it is yeah we will always be with christ what an encouragement yeah uh however you dissect the the, the specifics of it I, I'd just like to add an encouragement. The, the scripture says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. And I think Josh just did that. And I want to try and do that as well by reminding us we're not the first ones to be waiting. You know, the whole Old Testament prophesied and spoke about from the right at the beginning, Adam and Eve, God spoke about how he would send a rescuer. And people waited and waited and waited. And even when prophecies ended, for 400 years, they waited and waited, and then Christ came. He came. We are in a time of waiting. And in the same way, you know, Jesus has said, I'm coming back. And it is uncomfortable to wait. And if you read the story of the Old Testament, the believers then, and if you look how people received Jesus when he came, you know, waiting is hard. Um, but let's be encouraged by this. Jesus is returning, and we are going to be with him forever. Whether we are raised from death or whether we meet him in the sky as he comes down, that is the end, is he will return or the end of this era. And so we are in waiting. We're not the first to be in waiting, but let's not be crushed by waiting. Um, Let's wait expectantly and excitedly 
um, like children do to go to Disneyland or something. Like, let's wait with great anticipation. For their dad to wake up from his nap. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations. If you found this conversation helpful, we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends. 